I'm yet to find an industry or, or where you can't make some kind of online course or program work. As long as you can correctly define the specific transformation that you want to get for people, as in the end point. So the B that comes before the A, the, the end point you're trying to get people to, as long as you know what that is, you can work backwards and craft a pathway that is going to get them to that point. You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you know about my Growth Accelerator implementation program. Now, this is ideal for owners or directors of established B2B professional service firms who want to generate more revenue in less time while lowering marketing costs. And it's especially ideal for those who are sick and tired of the hype and false promises who instead like the idea of working with a partner that puts skin in the game with you and guarantees results. Now, if that is you, then the Growth Accelerator implementation program could be the perfect solution to setting you on the path to sustainable growth. Because when you partner with me for 90 days, I'll help you implement a simple and scalable business development system that is guaranteed to generate at least 500,000 of new revenue for your business in the next 12 months. And if you like the sound of this, make sure you visit thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash accelerator and watch the short video that explains how it all works. But before you go and do that, let's get to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the B2B Growth Think Tank. Now, many people that sell service, they work in traditional businesses that mainly operate offline. Now, until recently, that meant working with clients locally, generating a lot of those clients through things like local networking events and referrals and doing a lot of in-person meetings. Now, 2020, it changed all that. And a lot of people struggle to adapt to this virtual world. Now, that struggle it doesn't actually need to be quite as hard as you may think. And if you've been through it or you're going through it, then you're going to get a lot of value out of this episode because so much of the value that people like this have, it's all locked up in their experience, their skills, and their ability to get an actual result for their clients. They just need a different way of delivering that result to those clients. Now, as I say, my guest today is someone who knows exactly how to do this because he's actually spent eight years building a business around packaging and selling expertise online around a very offline-based industry, which is motorcycle track riding techniques. Now, after learning what it takes to create an amazing online learning experience that really deliver, today, he's taken all of that experience and he now helps other coaches, consultants, trainers, and service providers take their expertise online with a focus on creating something that's built on the foundation of the positive impact that it has on other people. So as I am also a, um, I'm a motorbike 
owner. I wouldn't say I'm a, an enthusiast to the degree of a sort of track racing, but uh, we'll try not to geek out too much about the motorbike stuff. But I'm absolutely delighted to welcome onto the show today, Dan Netting. So Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Excited to get into this. So as I say, we are going to uh, try not to geek out on the motorbike stuff. And I'm going to be upfront up and honest. This is the second time we've done this because for the first time ever, I forgot to hit record on the interview. So yeah, I am, uh, I'm owning my mistake. So uh, it happens to everybody. Anyway, motorcycle riding, you've got, I, I know, and I'd, I'd love you to tell the story of um, how you came off your bike at 108 miles an hour, wasn't it? And um, walked away without a scratch because that's a cool story, if nothing else. How I walked away without a scratch, I don't actually know. Um, but yeah, just just really quickly, like a track day, for those that don't know, is you turn up with your bike, you ride around for a day at stupid speeds, and then you go home again. And what, what happened was I was in a really, really heavy braking zone, which if you know, even in cars as well, but on bikes, when you're in that moment of like hard on the brakes, trying to get the bike slowed down, you're pretty much just a passenger. You're just going straight and you're just trying to best get the speed down so you can make the corner so basically in that moment you don't really have a lot of choice in what you're doing it's just that's the that's the task and then in that moment another rider decided that he would drift across in front of me in that braking zone and he wipes my front wheel away and just tipped me over and the video i've got just just the, the last frame that the speedos in the shot it says 108 just before i hit the deck but um incredible really yeah i was just sky ground sky ground for as it felt like half a day uh but yeah like i said not not a scratch on me i did whack my head which the helmet that's the uh the one that was that saved me i should say i did have some vision issues for a little while but in terms of like bodily injuries like bad stuff no broken bones no scratches no bruises it was insane to walk away from that yeah and and for those that are uh, only listening to the audio uh, Dan's referring to the helmet uh, that is in the background it's kind of like your uh, your badge of uh, <laughs> your badge of bravery i guess yeah. in a way it's uh, yeah. i mean that's that's a pretty um must have been a pretty scary thing to happen and and maybe at the end of it you you know just after it finished you're sort of like am i still here that kind of thing and and i mean I guess when you walk into that world of motorbike racing you you kind of accept some of the risks that go with it um, and maybe that's a bit of a metaphor for running a business in terms of there is risk involved in starting a business. There's all sorts of uncertainties, unknowns, little tiny adjustments can have big impacts and, and they can be positive and negative. Do you find that it's had any kind of impact or effect on how you've gone about starting a business, having that sort of, I guess, appetite, but also you've, you're able to absorb the risk that goes involved in that and to see that transfer into running a business or is it totally different? I'd say with, I'd say with riding, it's, it's a different kind of risk because you're just concerned about like immediate bodily harm, <laughs> like literally primal staying alive type stuff. I, I can't say that it doesn't, it certainly doesn't feel like that's, you know, better prepared me because of the fears that I've had uh, creating businesses and becoming a, a personal brand, which we'll talk about later they're just totally different kind of fears um, and more around like personal, internal, judgmental fears, that kind of thing. Mm. But just in terms of becoming, the journey is so long to becoming a good rider and there is so many ups and downs. And there's, in terms of the journey itself and the lessons I've taken from doing that, there's a ton of parallels that I see with, you know, becoming a good rider versus 
becoming like creating a big, a good business mm. in, in terms of the journey that you go on and the things you have to overcome. There, there are a lot of similarities there, but in terms of the, the outright risk of crashing and that stuff, I, I can't even explain why that's, why that's something that I seek out, but <laughs> well, I mean, as a, as a fellow motorbike rider. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there was a, a time back in my youth before the, uh, the burden of responsibility of, um, of two beautiful children. That I wouldn't change for the world, obviously. Um, I used to, I, I lived and teach snowboarding in, um, in Canada and that is, has seen me do things that others may well consider dangerous and, you know, situations that have arisen. I'm, I, I was always more than happy to throw myself down a mountain that could literally kill me. And yet there are things that I've done within the business and, and, you know, that, that fill me with absolute fear, you know, you, you know, things like getting on video, for example, I've gone through that journey and all the rest of it, but you're right. There are a lot of similarities between, I mean, there's so many sports versus, you know, sport and business examples, um, analogies, that kind of thing. But I think it all comes down to you have to know and understand the fundamentals first, because without them, nothing else works. You know, with snowboarding, it's your stance and balance. With motorbike riding, not being an expert, it's you know, just, just again, it's probably around your, your balance and your position on the bike and all that kind of thing. And then yep. you've got your um, you know, your, your processes and how you do things and all that kind of stuff. And then with the business, it's, um, you know, it's how you actually generate eyeballs and interest. And, and that is, it's like a pyramid that goes up, but you have to have those foundations in place. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, so how did you go from a totally offline business like that or, or what would many would perceive as an offline and then turn it into something that's online because you can't reach through somebody's screen and hold their handlebars, for example. What, what was the process? Um, it it kind of took me a while to figure out, but I, I realized that the end result, or sorry, the end process isn't very different to going to a riding school, which is what most people would do if they're, they just go to a track for a day, um, get some lessons from people and, and then go home again. The concept is exactly the same because learning for me happens in three stages. It's taking in information knowledge, implementing that, taking action, and then looking at the results to figure out what you learned and what you need to do next. So in a classroom, that's all they're doing. They get you to sit down for a classroom session. If you go to a decent school, sometimes you'll just turn up and they'll just follow you around for a day and say, oh, I'll change this and this, and that's rubbish. But a proper good school will sit you down in a classroom session, teach you some stuff, take you out on the track, get you to implement it. And with the coach that's working with you, you know, see what you're doing, if it's right and how we need to move forward. And I realized that what I'm doing online is, is exactly that. It's just using different tools to do it. So I can obviously give them information because we can do videos and that kind of stuff. Um, implementation. This is a bit trickier online because you have to really think about the situations that people are going to be in and give them the, the steps that they need to take and make it very easy for them to take those steps and then just give them ways to actually assess the results they got, whether that's assessing it themselves or what I'd like to see is some kind of support avenue. You work with them to assess their results that way. So in essence, it doesn't really change. It's like mm. I said, it's just changing the tools to actually get that same result. Mm. And, and obviously what you're, what you're talking about there is, is kind of like either something like an online course or a program or something like that. But do you see that there is any I guess, limitations around this model for people that provide a service? Are there some people that it may not necessarily be applicable to? It's a really good question and, and something I think about a lot myself. Um, I am yet to find an industry or, or where you can't make some kind of 
uh, online course or program work, or even just one-to-one if you're looking to create some kind of consistent way of working with someone. Because as long as you can correctly define, and this is crucial when you're creating online courses and programs, as long as you can correctly define the specific transformation that you want to get for people, as in the end point, so the B that comes before the A, the, the end point you're trying to get people to, as long as you know what that is, you can work backwards and craft a pathway that is going to get them to that point. Um, and there's, there's right and wrong ways to actually do that. But again, as long as you can define that specific point, I honestly be, believe you can do that for any industry and create some kind of more hands-off approach and create a program that's actually going to get them to that point. And I think the good thing about it is, is it's, it's contained. So you can create it and you only need to create it once because you have gone to the effort of defining what those steps are and taking thing, people through those steps. Now, I guess the difficulty with a pure online course is that, yes, everybody's going to interpret things slightly different, which I guess is where you're talking about having that coaching element, that um, handholding and support element, because there are going to be nuances, but essentially 90, 95% of the required steps is going to be the same. It's just the application that may need a little bit of um, uh, help. So even if you are someone that delivers a done for you, someone, if you do somebody's books, if you do these sorts of things, for example, then you can probably find something within what you do to create a course or a program that delivers an outcome that you know people want, but don't necessarily want to, um, I guess, work with with you to do their books or accounts or, or something like that. Have you seen yeah. anyone doing um, stuff like that? Yes. So I had a really good conversation with a guy. Um, I don't know if you know Alex Curtis. Um, he does a, yeah. Yes. So he does a Batman has been operation. on the show. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So you know that he helps um, um, mortgage advisors or whatever, like get leads and that kind of stuff. And he brought me on to talk about potentially creating courses. And we was talking about creating courses that will help people with a problem they have, not necessarily something your service solves, but something, a problem they have before they need your service help them with that thing so that your service then becomes the next logical step. So our example was creating a course to help people improve their credit score mm. because they know that they need to do that in order to get a mortgage or the mortgage that they want. So it's about, you could just have something totally separate to your service that helps people solve a problem they need to solve. And then when you've solved that for them, how much more likely do you think it's going to be that going to come and use your service? So the applications for this are, Mm. massive it doesn't always have to be the specific thing that you help people with but that's typically who i work with the applications for for creating online courses and programs is huge basically i, lo I love that application as well because i don't i don't think we always look at our business as more of a, a holistic thing that lives within the overall client journey that that they are going through because even after they've worked with you your solution is going to create a problem and they will need a problem to that solution. So naturally, it means that to even get to you in the first place, it means that they need to have already solved a problem. So why don't you solve that problem first yeah. so that you build yeah. that kind of um, that relationship, that trust and all the rest of it? That is an absolutely um, a genius idea. It really does make sense. Yeah. So um, when it comes to, um, I guess, starting to think through the process of doing this you talk about starting from the end in mind and, and working backwards 
because I guess some people may well have this concern or, or a belief around this of like, well, I'm not a teacher. How am I going to come up with all of the, the steps and, and all the rest of it? Is there a process that you, you advise people to consider to, I guess, not even necessarily create their entire program, but just to see if they've got one in them? I would, I would say if anyone is, is helping people solve big problems one-to-one or whatever it might be, they've got, you've got it in them. It's just, it's just a case of figuring out the specifics. That's all. So as an example, I recently worked with um, a lady who has spent 30 years training in offline environments, training people to improve sales and businesses. And all it was, again, like I said, for her, it was about starting to get specific because when she goes into a business, everyone's going to have different problems. But ideally with an online program, like I said, you want to have a specific point you're trying to get people to and a journey you're trying to take everyone through. So first it's about defining that. Then start to work backwards and think, okay, if this is my ideal client and this is where I want to get them to, what are the core things, the core problems that they face trying to get to that point? Or another way to ask it is, what core pieces do they need to have in place to get to that point? Then you just literally give them the information and the implementation steps to help them solve those problems and put those pieces in place. So it's, it's really, and it can be, it can be easier or harder depending on what you're helping people with. So in the motorbike stuff, this took me a long time to figure out because it's very like with, with riding, you have five things to concern yourself with how you use the throttle, how you use the brakes, um, where you put your body, where you're looking and, you know, like changing gear, that kind of stuff. Mm. Every single person is using those same five skills over and over again. But it was me about sitting down and thinking, okay, realistically, it might take someone a year, two years to get to this point. What's the pathway going to look like for that person? And like I said, it took me a while to figure that out. But on the other side of that, it might be very simple for you. So like now I help people create online courses, which is a kind of brick by brick kind of thing. So in that sense, it makes it a lot easier. But the general point there is just to think of the core pieces and the core problems you need to solve to get them from A to B. And like I said, just work backwards and help them put those pieces in place. I mean, something that comes to mind listening to you is almost like an exercise. And I don't know if this is something you can you, you do, but it's kind of like thinking, right, this is the end point. This is where I want to get someone to. And it's almost like having a massive brain dump of all the things that you know somebody needs to do it and almost kind of like getting out a load of post-it notes and writing each of the things that you know and then organizing them and just going, right, okay, it's like putting the puzzle together and maybe you'll find some that overlap and all the rest of it. But I think just, just I mean, that's the way my mind works. I, uh, yeah, It's scattered all over the place, so I have to brain dump it down. But then you get to organize it and then you get to put it in a linear fashion, which is what you're talking about. And that's something I think that anyone could do in, you know, give yourself an hour. And if you're thinking, right, I'm going to just give myself an hour and see if I've got this in me, brain dump it all for 45 minutes and then, you know, do a nice puzzle <laughs> with your, with, yeah. you know, with your yeah. results. And, and I think you'd quickly be surprised to find what you come up with. Yes. And ju- just a, a point on that and something I hammer into my clients when they come in, because it's hard to like, it, especially if you've just been you know, you've got all this knowledge and you've been helping people for years in this different capacity, like trying to get that into a structured logical sequence, it's hard. But something I always stress is that we're just trying to get version one out there. So all the places won't necessarily fit into place straight away and things might not feel as great as they could. 
But a key, key thing about launching online programs is to get them out into people's hands because it's only by getting it out there, getting people to start coming through it, that it's those people that are going to help you find your blind spots and find the holes in what you've created. So the reason why I say that is because you said at the beginning of this um, discussion about knowing if they've got it in them, because what I wouldn't want people to do is start, think this isn't quite right. I haven't got it in me. I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just getting the rough version one. It's the first iteration, get that out into people's hands so you can improve it from that point moving forward. And that's great advice and it makes a lot of sense. And actually it brings us on nicely to what I'd like to do the, uh, the, the brainstorming, the masterminding um, hot seat around. Hey, it's Adam. Now, just a quick one before we dive into today's virtual hot seat, because as the core philosophy behind the show is a rising tide lifts all ships, I'd love to invite you to come and hang out with me, my guests and other business owners and directors of established businesses with a track record of providing good, solid service and a positive reputation in their market inside the B2B Growth Think Tank community, where we all connect, solve problems and help each other grow more profitable businesses. It's free to join, so come along, join us at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash think tank group. I look forward to welcoming you, but first, let's get to today's virtual hot seat. What we're going to do for those that is the first time of listening to the, uh, the, the B2B Growth Think Tank, um, Dan and I are going to basically have a bit of a brainstorming session to help this person with a challenge that they are facing. So the challenge that this person has sent in, and uh, it's anonymous this time because not everyone leaves their name, but it is, I know how valuable it is to get myself out there and build my influence with content on things, especially like video, but I'm so uncomfortable doing this. What's the most impactful way of doing this and getting myself out there so I don't actually hurt my brand by being so bad? So, I mean, the first thing before I ask on you, I hear from this person, right, is don't be so hard on yourself. First of all, I guarantee you're not as bad as you think. Um, I certainly had the same thing and, and all the rest of it. And I look back and think of some of the early stuff. I, it was terrible, but you get better. But why don't you give us a, you know, what, what do you think about this? What do you hear in that question? Firstly, I'm so, so passionate about this stuff. And I can see myself doing something around this in the future because it was crippling for me. Like I would be so much farther along the path if this wasn't a problem for me, because it was such a problem for such a long time. But um, the core advice is not the advice that anyone wants is that you just have to do it. However, yeah, this, this listening to that, it sounds very, it sounds like the bar is very high for what they expect of themselves their first attempts and a mantra that I picked up, this was actually this year when I, sorry, last year, we're in 2021 now, um, when uh, I started doing lives, which was something else I really, really struggled to start doing was it's supposed to be bad. And it was just the idea that you're not going to be great out the gate. So I think there's two parts. First is for me, ditch that perfectionism and just accept it's going to be bad. And second, that, because you're worried in terms of like it being bad affecting, they're just not, it's just not going to make a difference. Something I like to do actually was to look back, like even if you don't want to jump straight in and post a video, start doing recordings of yourself and just watch yourself back because 
how you perceive yourself in your head when you're in the middle of it. Like, for example, you might fumble a word and you think you look absolutely ridiculous and the world is crumbling down. You watch it back and it's like the tiniest little blip and it just, it just, it's just nothing. So that's just, just a little tip from my side. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny, yourself. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting because actually, um, obviously no one will know this, but when we first connected, it was an, an event and we kind of had a discussion around this very topic. And the re one of the, the, the big reasons why I wanted to bring you on. And then I saw this, I was like, this is like some kind of like universe putting this sort of thing together because you were kind of struggling with it. And I was explaining that I was also, I was in the process of getting over it. And I had documented my, my journey around using video and putting myself out there and all the rest of it. Um, back when this was the client catching podcast and, I didn't even have a picture of myself on my website for such a long time because I, I'd, I'd always been behind the curtain and it was crippling. But you realize that actually one of the most important things you can do to get over this is what we ended up doing. And it's going and meeting other people and having conversations and getting inspiration and seeing what other people are doing, but not yes. looking at the guys that are literally, as you perceive on top that have got years and years and years of experience. They've got teams behind them doing this kind of thing. And you've got, you're looking at that and going, I can't possibly do that. That's terrible. You know, I'll, I'll be, you know, who am I to do it? It's not, it's not about the presentation. It's about the information. It's about the value. And it's about, as you've covered here, the transformation. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's really tough because I, I know what it's like sitting there. You want that injection of confidence to just go and do it. And, but that comes after the fact yeah. that you've just got to push through that horrible feeling that you're, you're probably going to have, like, let's, let's be real uh, of doing it and looking at yourself and thinking, Oh, this is actually quite cringy. I look terrible and all the rest of it, but it's only by doing that consistently again and again and again, that you'll get to the point that you're probably the, the standard you're looking at or holding for yourself. Rarely. Well, in my experience, rarely do you get people that come out the gate like that. Mm. And, <laughs> it's and it all just about doing it. And I think it's very much a mindset thing. It really is. And, and that's kind of why I asked the question at the beginning around has riding motorbikes prepared you for business and all the rest of it. And I, I talk about the snowboarding side of things because you would think logically it would make sense that if you can go and ride a motorbike and crash at 108 miles an hour, you can get on a camera and talk. It is a totally different thing. And yeah. that's not to beat yourself up about it. First of all, like it's natural. Everyone feels a bit nervous because we feel like we are being judged There's a psychological principle that's in there of, you know, if we're judged and seem to be unhelpful to the tribe, we kicked out, we starve, we die, that kind of thing. It is a real thing. The only thing that really you can do to get past it is exposure. There's a whole thing around exposure therapy and all the rest of it, but it is so much easier said than done. It yes. really is. So I don't know about how, how you feel about this as a, well, first of all, how did you get over it and how did you just get, done i think for me it got to the point of realizing that the, the impact it was going to have if i didn't do it mm. so it was like putting it off putting it off putting it off thinking i can still be successful i can still or, or do what i want to do so as a quick example as a quick uh, bit of context i knew that i needed to be on youtube for my motorcycle business like it just made so much sense to go and show people how to do it rather than just writing articles which is all i was doing before but I put it off, put it off, put it off, like thinking I can still get to where I want to. I can still have the impact and all the rest of it. And then I realized I just like, I've just got to do it. 
if I want to take to go to this next level, I have to do it. So for me, it was purely the pain of the pain of not doing it become greater of the pain of doing it. If that makes sense. Mm. Did, did you think then that you can be too comfortable to need to push yourself to do this? I guess it, it just comes down to considering what you want. Mm. Like, are you just doing it because someone said, or do you think it's going to be really beneficial to you? And that's crucial because. I guess really the, the the first question would be to ask this person is why are you doing it? Like, yeah. is it because somebody has told you this is the thing to do or is it because you have identified it strategically as something that you know is going to help your business? And also you need to go a little bit deeper than that as well, because all right, it may well help, but is it the thing that you need to do right away? Because just because you're seeing everyone out there on social media and you know, shouting about themselves and taking selfies with, you know, all, you know, blah, 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 not, not selfies quite so much anymore, but you know, do you need to do that? Does that fit your personal brand? It didn't mine. It certainly doesn't mine. That's a big reason why starting the podcast this is a big reason for it. So you don't have to go out and do millions of videos. You don't have to do it, but it's all about that consistency of content. If that is something that is going to support the strategic pieces that you've put in place in your business to achieve a goal. But if, if this doesn't actually work for you, why are you going to put yourself through the, the, the pain of, of going through it? It might well be something yeah. you need to do in the future. I'm not saying that that isn't the case, but is there something that you can do to achieve the outcomes that you're setting for yourself that doesn't require you to do something that you really don't want to do by the sound of it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a dangerous thought. I totally agree with what you're saying that the, the danger is that people will use that as the excuse to not do it so yeah like you say it's about really considering is this something i want to do for my business for personal reasons because i know for me i take a lot of pride in just the fact that i broke through those barriers mm. like to, to your point about does like getting over the risks of riding affect the business i would say that getting over these barriers and one i got over this year was to talk on stage which is kind of moving up the same chain if you like doing that makes me think I can do anything. So it's, you might be thinking on a personal level, yes, this is something I really want to do. But yeah, generally it's, I would say, really consider if this is something you want to do, like that is something you have to pursue. Mm. And, and, and I guess from a, from a practical standpoint of, okay, what would be some of the first, the first steps to doing this? What would you say to someone? What, do you, what would be the, the, the first things that you would do? Um, so yes, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best one to ask it cause I kind of jumped in the deep end, but, um, well, maybe that's the best thing to do. Literally rip off it the band. Very well be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly like ripping the, the bandaid off kind of thing. But, um, again, I, I found comfort in watching myself back just after I posted a video, I should say, but it was, it was consistently watching myself back, um, realizing that actually I look normal. I'm not some you know, freak, I don't look stupid, whatever it is, I'm just talking about my subject matter and that's it. But you can do that without posting a video. So I think it's about chipping or starting to chip away at that perception you have of yourself or how you think you're going to be, you know, how you think you're going to show up on camera mm. and just do things to chip away at that. And again, it's to show yourself the actual evidence of how you look, not how mm. you think you look. Yeah. And, and, and maybe the deep end thing is, is the right way to, because I took a similar approach when I was trying to get over this and I, I literally set myself a challenge and I said, I was going to do a video every day for 30 days. 
And by the way, you just do these videos. You don't even ever have to make any of them public, although that kind of accountability will help you. And just do it. Um, it can help, I guess, to kind of have, a, have an idea of the type of things that you want to talk about. But don't put yourself under pressure to, to make it, you know, the most amazing um, piece of content in the world. As long as you cover something that can actually help someone and, and it is relevant to your audience, you know your audience, you know the kind of things, because let's be honest, most people do this all the time, every day on phone calls, on Zoom calls, especially nowadays, when you're having sales conversations, when you're working with clients, you do this all the time. And there's no real difference between that and you know, you're just having a conversation with someone. It's just that the other someone is a, is a camera. Yeah. And I would say as well, just thinking back to the, the words used in that question of, of wanting to have an impact and not wanting to be perceived as, as bad and having a negative effect on like your business. When you start doing this, I would say detach from all of those things because the goal here is to get you to do it, not the result you're going to get from it. Mm. So I would just think of it purely as like the, the task is literally get on camera and get stuff out there and just detach for what that video means for you past that point, because yeah. that's the goal is having it out there. That's all. And I guess if you're still struggling with this and it's, it's something that I've suggested to a few people and it's really, really helped if you're really, really, cause, cause, and this only comes from the experience of doing this podcast, for example, I realized that I talk to people all the time, every day, I ask them questions and they just come out with beautiful, wonderful content. So why not do that for yourself? Get on a zoom call with somebody else and have them ask you questions because we're so much more comfortable now with being on something like a Zoom call or something like that. We almost forget that we are on camera. So why not take advantage of that and actually just get somebody to interview you on something that you know that your ideal clients want and all the rest of it. You will find that that actually weirdly you forget, like we're just having a chat here. Like there's not a camera. I forget that, you know, it's, it's just, we're having a conversation. And maybe that can help take some of the pressure off. And actually, it can be a real hack to get a lot of stuff in one take because if you set aside half an hour, an hour, get through a few questions, boom, you've got your, you've got your content. That's a really good point, actually, because something, and this is why I struggled with going live so much, because I was scared of going off-piste and just being myself. And so I got to the point where I was trying to be so structured with what I was saying and when that it just made the job so much harder. So to, to your point about getting on, on camera and just speaking to people, that's how you can get, that's a really good way of just getting your stuff out and just letting it flow. Mm. It's because that comes from the perfectionism too. So just, this is me making an assumption, but based on that question, I feel like you're probably going to try and over-prepare for the video too, but that probably won't help you. Like my early YouTube videos, it was like word for word script stuff because I just didn't want to, be myself or just, you know, mess up or whatever it was, mm. but it just makes the job harder. So like, yeah, really good point. What you said there about just speaking yeah. to people that, that in itself can be good training just to, to get out and talk about your mm -hmm. thing. And when you over-prepare, it just takes so much longer. And then people say, yeah. oh, well, it takes too long to create all this content. I've got a day, you know, I've got a day job and I've got clients to serve and all the rest of it. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen this work incredibly well for people because all they do is have these conversations. They edit out the person that's asking them the question and they have a little bit of a, um, a, an intro that they are able to lay over things. And it, it works in terms of a, a quick video. So you can then transcribe it. You can do all sorts of things with it. But 
that would be my number one tip to get started. I know that there's been others on the podcast that have suggested other things like um, Ian Anderson Gray, for example, said, get a group of you together in a, in a Facebook live group that are kind of in the same situation and go live to each other because you can get practice in going live and all the rest of it in an environment that actually you're all expecting each other to stuff up and you're going to support each other and all that kind of thing. So I think there's another sort of practical tip, but I would just say to this person, don't be hard on yourself. The fact that you're even asking this question and as you picked up, you're talking about wanting to make impact and actually help and serve people that will come across more than anything because you actually want to serve. You actually want to help people and that's genuine and it's authentic and People will forgive the odd uh, slip up and all the rest of it. And God knows I make enough of them, but I know I'd no, no longer make them something that I, I get too upset about because no. it is, you know, it is the way that you are. There's the case as well that those, those mishaps and like laughing about them and stuff, it makes you human. So more relatable mm-hmm. rather than turning up like a robot that, that people don't want that. Yeah. And, uh, no, you can always make all sorts of mistakes when it comes to this sort of thing, like forgetting to hit record at the beginning of an interview. So, you know, it happens. There's all sorts of things that goes on. So I, I really do hope I, you've got there's some absolutely amazing um, insights just talking about your experience. And that's why I love doing these things, because I hope the person, um, first of all, listens to this and then actually goes and, and, and tries some of these things. And really, you know, it's about doing it, getting into the habit of it, Make it easy for yourself by doing some form of maybe interview kind of thing, but then just do it. And, and it's really hard to say that because that's the answer. That is the answer. Yeah. Unless you work out you don't actually need to because it doesn't actually fit where you're trying to go. But there we go. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. I enjoyed that. And um, I guess... To finish up, there's a few things I, uh, I want to sort of, uh, sort of ask and all the rest of it. Moving forward in the business, where are you going and what are you doing to get there? Uh, so the focus is literally building out my own online program, which is a group coaching program, which basically helps people with all the stuff we've been talking about of taking all the stuff that they have in their brains and putting it into something that people want people will buy and that will deliver real impact because there's a very big difference between just, you know, recording some videos based on stuff, you know, versus creating something, a real experience, a student experience that really gets them to the point you want to get for them. So it's helping people create all of that, um, your framework, how to create the content, all that stuff. And then just, yeah, that's my goal for 2021 really is just to to grow that thing out. It's quite a new pivot for me towards the end of last year. Um, And that is, that is the big focus. And um, what have you sort of chosen as your route to get there? How are you looking to fill these programs? How are you looking to um, generate the, uh, the buzz, the interest, and, and ultimately enroll people? What's your growth strategy? So in terms, of, in terms of getting people through the door, I'm planning to run some challenges, which are going to help people get started with this stuff and really start to get clarity um, on one, if they can do it, which I believe they can, and how you can go about doing that and getting a starting point to move forward to actually go and create your first um, online program. So this will be like a five-day challenge where we'll take people through those steps. Um, and then outside of that, it's like from a from a growth point of view in terms of my presence and that kind of thing to, to raise more awareness. Big focus is, you know, just networking or as I like to say, making friends and doing stuff like this because, uh, yeah, it's for me starting out from nothing in a very competitive industry, 
I see this as the best way to move forward. Mm. And and it's it's often the best way because it's it's about as you say networking. Obviously, in a slightly different way, it's about um, having conversations, finding people that could potentially help you reach your goal as well. I mean, exactly the same thing happened. Uh, you know, connected on LinkedIn after meeting in person a little while ago, and we had a conversation. Nice to speak to you. Blah blah blah. We got on the phone, and it's like actually, let's let's do this. It makes sense. So it's a it's a really nice way to do business honestly yeah exactly it's uh it's conversational as a, as i say it's the strategy of conversational relationship marketing and it just makes it so much more fun more human and it's effective because you know you're not trying to um hack your way through a system or anything like that you you are actually having conversations you're being helpful you're being kind you're being collaborative and I, I still believe that it is the uh, the ultimate growth strategy. It's <laughs> be human. <laughs> it's yes. uh, yeah, you know, and um, and and actually care about those you serve and find others to help you raise your ship. So uh, there we go. But this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it, and um, especially grateful that um, yes, you've been so forgiving and you haven't jarred me too much around uh, forgetting to hit record at the beginning because. I, I, I would have, I would have accepted a bit of it. I would have accepted, but um, Dan, I really, really appreciate it. So anyone that is um, thinking about maybe creating something like this for themselves, where can they go to find out about maybe your challenge, your program that's coming out, or where can they connect with you best on, on uh, all the various uh, channels that are out there? Yeah. So the best channel for me, and it's, it's fast become my favorite platform is LinkedIn. So it's just Dan Netting. Um, I am on Instagram, and Facebook, so Facebook will just be Dan Netting. Instagram is it's Dan Netting, but honestly, LinkedIn is is my place to be. Um, but yeah, if if you're serious about this, then I'd highly recommend you check out my challenge. Depending on with, when this goes out, I'm not entirely sure when that will be because I'll run a few throughout the year. But I can definitely help you get started. But even if you just want to have a conversation about whether or not this is something you want to do, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or or anyway anywhere. Just send me a DM. We can talk there or even have a call about possible options for you moving forward. Awesome. And I'll put those links. What was the link to your challenge? Uh, it's dannetting.com forward slash challenge. Awesome. So yeah, I'll put the uh, the links underneath here in, uh, in all the show notes so people can go check out. So um, I hope people do because there is an awful lot that can be achieved by unlocking the expertise in, in somebody's mind and actually putting it into a structured way of delivering that result to more people because that's how you make change and that's how you make impact. So go and check it out. Dan, thanks ever so much for joining me. It's been a, it's been a great conversation. I, uh, I, I know that um, whoever is um, dealing with the challenge that was sent in um, and I know there are others out there because there are two fellow ones here that have been through it and still go through it every single day. So I hope that's been helpful. I hope you've got a lot out of it. And thanks for listening. Dan, thanks for joining me. No problem. Thank you, mate. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my 
book, the conversational relationship marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you. And if you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed. You'll get updated as the new episodes come out. And finally, last favor, please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one. They mean the world for me. I love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well. So if you want to go and do that, I'd really appreciate it. But until next time, have an awesome day and we'll speak soon.